Hello and welcome to Enlightened Empaths, your community for the spiritually awakened, where we discuss, explore, and connect with fellow empaths, healers, intuitives, and seekers. Hi, everybody. Welcome to Enlightened Empaths. We hope you're having a wonderful week. We're going to be discussing the Akashic Records. What are they? How can you access them? And are there really strict rules around trying to connect with your Akashic Records? So before we dive into that, Denise, should we define what we think the Akashic Records are? I think so, yes, because when I was reading about this and things that I know and people I've spoken with, to me, it's very, very similar to that collective consciousness that I'm always yammering on about. I'm always saying, oh, we're tapping into the collective, we're tapping into the collective. I think this is pretty much the collective. Yeah. Well, and from what I've read, the Akashic records, like your personal Akashic records, they contain every word, thought, act, and deed you've ever had, past, present, and future. It's like your soul's record of who you are, but also what you've ever thought about, hoped for, wished for, been angry about, been happy about. That's kind of intimidating to think about, right? It is. And it's that whole time-space continuum that it's all happening simultaneously. And we've never done a show on on quantum physics and all of that, but just the, the whole thing with going back into past lives to deal with old karma or moving forward to see what do I need to get ready for, for what's coming. It's really, really interesting to think about that, that fluidity between all of those realms and times. Yeah, it really is. And supposedly when you, when you die, you're able to just kind of sit in this, I don't know, giant, vast library is kind of how I picture it and read through your Akashic records. And I've often thought about what that would be like. Like, can you imagine me and you are sitting at this long table in this beautiful ornate heavenly library and I got my book and you got your book and I'm like, dang, Denise, look what I did in 1842. What the hell was I thinking? Like, I wonder if it's like that. Well, it's also a great place to look for if you're having issues with your your health or medical issues or, um, you know, your physical truth. There's so, so much you can explore there. Yeah, there really is. And if you can access some of the present and future aspects of your Akashic records, it's important to note that from what you know, experts in the Akashic record area have said the information is evolving in those books. It's not set in an in ink, so to speak, as you might think of an actual book as I am. And so this, I hope, gives people some idea of the fluidity, like you said, in these in these Akashic records, because you might be able to access them through meditation and see, hey, if you keep heading down this path, this is what's going to happen, but you can change that. I wonder, to give it a more simplistic metaphor, Denise, do you think it's kind of like those books we would read as kids, Choose Your Own Ending? Oh, oh, that's true, because you can go into the records and you can rewrite. You can rewrite the contract. You can rewrite what happened you go back and you find that seed of why you might be repeating a pattern in your life or why you have a, a phobia or an aversion or, or you, you seem to be doing the same thing over and over again. But you can also fast forward 
and say what, so I agree. I think it is like write the old, old ending. That's an excellent way to describe it. Yeah. And I, I think that's one of the main reasons we should consider studying our Akashic records and trying to access them on our own because our soul plan, our blueprint isn't really set in stone. And, you know, this is something I really want to do an upcoming show on because we've gotten a lot of emails and, and we got two very long, very personal emails about people asking this question, you know, is my soul plan set in stone? These are, you know, one or two issues in my life, a pattern that I can't break. And I feel like it's just in my soul plan and I just have to accept it. And I think that's a really important topic for, for a longer discussion than we have time for here. But I do believe you can change aspects of your soul plan. And I think accessing your Akashic records is one of the main ways to do it. Yes. And a lot of the, the knowledge and the work that we do, Edgar Casey did a whole lot of exploration with this. And there's a quote by him that he says, the entity itself sees and is being taught and is studying the records that are written in nature, in the rocks, in the hills, in the trees. In that term, the genealogical log of nature itself, just as true then is the record that the mind makes upon the film of time and space and the activities of a body with its soul that is made in the image of the maker, being then spirit in its form upon the records in time and space, which is very eloquent and and very, um, you know, you have to think about it for a minute. But again, it goes back to where we're a species on the planet, we're a soul being on the planet, where but we we have access to that that divine knowledge if we're willing to look for it. We do. And, you know, reference to these Akashic records has been made throughout almost every culture and religion in, in all of our history. I mean, even the Bible talks about the book of life. Right. And it's nice to know that there is this common universal belief in this, in this idea of our soul records. Yes. And the alaya consciousness, which is the Buddhist term for the unending field of all information, it's it's saying that same thing. And I always, always love when there are multiple references to so many different religions, belief systems, uh, parts of the planet, um, practices. Because I feel like if it was in so many different places, but the same message, there has to be some validity to it. Yeah. I mean, you think about these cultures that existed before, say, boats did, where people could connect and travel and and communicate and share ideas and knowledge. How would they all on their own come up with this concept? Right. Right. And so it's really fascinating. It really is. And, you know, so... A lot of what the Akashic records hold is not only a record of of what you've done, but it also involves so much about our karma. Mm -hmm. And that is such a loaded word, isn't it? It certainly is. But karma is really this idea of, you know, what you do has consequences, good and bad. And we are here living these lifetimes to balance this karma for good and, and, and to keep it all even. And so 
accessing your Akashic records is said to give you some more information on what is your karma and what are you trying to do to heal that karma or enhance that karma in this lifetime. So that's another reason why you might want to look into the Akashic records more and try accessing them for yourself. Right. And uh, so there's the whole karma part is very, very interesting because it, you know, a lot of people will, we've both heard this over and over. I may have even said it once. I wonder what I did in another lifetime to deserve this or, Ooh, I'm really getting payback, but how, you know, and they'll fill in the blank. Was I this, was I that, but karma isn't about punishment or payback. It's an exchange or it's, um, you know, I'm always so fond of saying it's, there has to be a catalyst for the behavior, but this goes back to what you mentioned a minute ago about uh, the, the two emails that we got soul plans and destiny. We've all been blessed with free will. So it may be that a situation comes up and we choose one path and that's how we're going to address it energetically or in this lifetime are we planting seeds of karma? Maybe. Are we reviewing something from the past? Maybe. But we're also here and now making that choice to say, what direction do I want my life to take? And it's it's that energy exchange. Yeah, it is. And, and you're right. Karma is not about punishment. To me, it's about experience, mm-hmm. right? So like if, let's say in one lifetime, you were born into a very privileged, wealthy family And maybe you had some judgments about people who were born into not so privileged, wealthy families, and maybe other people could have called you a little snooty or snobby or elitist. Then in the next lifetime, you might choose to be born into an economically challenged family, not as payback for being kind of judgy and snobby in your last life, but simply to experience what a lack of money is like and, you know, really start to understand that money is just a thing and it doesn't make you, it doesn't break you. It's just, it's just an aspect of, of currency that we live in in this lifetime. So I think when we start to look at these different aspects of karma, not as punishment or cause and effect, and, but more as experiences we want to have. I had a teacher once who um, obviously this was years ago, but she compared it to walking through Blockbuster. <laughs> And Mm -hmm. she was like, remember like on a Friday night and you and your friends would go and you'd up and down the aisles and like, you know, do I want a horror movie tonight? Do I want to watch a mystery? Do I want to watch a romance, a rom-com? And she said, sometimes our lives are like that, where, you know, we're looking at our Akashic records and going, you know, we haven't had a lot of fun in these last few lives. Let's have a comedy this time. Let's just have a lot of fun. Mm -hmm. And I wonder if it is like that. That's a, that's a fun way to look at it. And what, came to mind is some people listening are probably going through some very, very, very challenging things in their life, or their lives have been a lot of, uh, a lot, just too much. And and we, we all know people that sometimes will look and say, it's too much. That's too much for one person to have to try to navigate and deal with. And, and, and it's not, I think knowing that it's not punishment and you can go back in those records and say, what do I need to look for that will help me shift it in this lifetime? What do I need to release? Or, and we've talked about ancestral healing and we'll do a show on that later on. But I think right now to know it's not, you didn't do anything to deserve this is so, so important. Yeah, I do too. 
And so you can go to the Akashic Records to get insight on that in terms of like, why is this relationship going this way? Or why do I have this recurring pattern in my relationships? Or um, why do I struggle with jobs or money or health? And so it can give you some information into that, which is incredibly helpful. From what I understand and what I've been taught and told over the years is that karma is about it's issue related. And as you heal it, if so, if, if you've had a repetitive pattern in many lifetimes or in this lifetime, you don't have to go back to every single lifetime and, and go through that work on an individual basis. Once you deal with that issue here or going back into the records and healing that and rewriting the contract, it causes that continuum across all of it. It cleans the slate for that issue in your life. And we've, we've talked about, you know, when you get to those points in your life where you draw that line in the sand, you say, you know what, I'm done. It ends here. It's not, it may be that you're breaking a cyclical pattern in your family of origin, or it may be that you're choosing not to repeat, bringing in the same person with a different face in relationships, or you're saying, I don't need to follow the same health restraints that have been in my, my generational family. I'm going to shift some things in my life to break that pattern. I think those are all very, very empowering, but it also causes a ripple into all these other, into that time-space continuum. Right, which is so fascinating and trippy to think about. (laughs) It is very trippy, yes. Other things you can look for. So if we wanted to focus on the past life aspect of going into the records, again, what we just mentioned, relationships or patterns of relating, shared records, soul families. So this is this was a, a fun thing to think about is the if we come in with soul groups and one person that I had learned some of this from used the example of if you so you come in and you you experience things and you you your father may have been your brother, your daughter may have been your mother, but you come in and you keep practicing all of these lifetime issues over and over and over again. But then some we've all had those dear friends that feel like family. And the way it was presented was as you, that's your building into a soul group. So you don't necessarily always come back with those same, you know, rigid little circle of people. You may have someone that comes into your life as a, a dear friend in one lifetime. And then in the next lifetime, you become siblings. And the next lifetime after that, you become uh, their relationship, but you're you're adding to your soul group, which I thought was uh, an interesting take on things. Yeah, me too. I think you can recognize when you meet someone from your soul group right away because you have that, oh, it's you feeling. <laughs> yes. You know, and there's none of that weirdness of, um, is it too weird if I call her now? Or will he think I'm trying to ask for a date if I suggest coffee? There's none of that second guessing when you meet someone from your soul family, it's just very instantly natural and at home. And and I think that's really important. Now, where do you think about negative people who are part of our soul group? They might not be part of our soul family, but they might be part of our soul group, meaning, you know, they agreed to come to us as kind of a thorn in our side to help us grow and challenge us and evolve and work on lots of different emotional issues. I I think that's, it's pretty apparent in my life anyway. When I think of some of the people that I've learned the most about myself 
have been from some of the most difficult people I've ever had to encounter who really uh, challenged me with my own belief system or my own sense of self. So I think it's, it's both sides of the spectrum, you know, like some of the nicest, kindest, most loving people in my life have taught me the most and have helped me learn how to be a better person, a better friend. And then some of the most negative, you know, hurtful, challenging people in my life have also taught me the most. Yes. Yes. And some of those negative, hurtful people have been uh, the, the reason why we choose to maybe shift that karmic pattern or shift our, if you had a, a situation growing up where you were treated a certain way, and then you decide to have children say, my children will never experience that. You had to endure that so that your children wouldn't, but you're still breaking the cycle and breaking that energetic bond so that it sends that healing. So even though the person who raised you may not have realized it, your your children would benefit from you having that experience. That right. sounded kind just, of convoluted. No, no. And it's so powerful when you look at it that way. And it gives meaning to the pain. And I, I think that's something I know I've needed in my life. When I've gone through challenging times, there has to be a reason for it, right? Or else you'll go a little crazy thinking about it. And so it's it's nice when you can look at challenging times in your life and go, oh, that's why that happened. It helped me do this or it helped me grow this way or it made me a better, you know, mother, sister, friend, whatever. And I think that's all really important. And the Acacia Records can help us understand that. And I, I just want to throw in a little bit of a, a curve is that if you're feeling like there's nothing in there I'm going to find and I, my life has been you know, too difficult and, and I didn't learn anything. It was just pain and loss and grief. Please, please consider uh, some professional guidance from a counselor, a therapist, a mental health specialist, someone that may be able to help you get to the root of it in this lifetime. And then perhaps you'd want to explore a little deeper in, in another direction. Yeah, that's great advice because we always need someone to kind of help just hold our hand through this process because it can be it can be very um, multi-layered, shall we say? Yes, yes. You can go to the the Akashic or Kashic records, depending on where you're from and what your dialect. You can go to to explore health issues. You can go for more information. You can go if you want if you're you have a creative project. There's no limit on what you can explore and find there. It, it's the no. absolute perfect library of knowledge. Everything you need is in there, which just, ooh, doesn't that just kind of give you willies thinking about it? It does. And so think about that. You can ask past questions, meaning childhood 10 years ago, but also meaning past lives. You can ask present questions. What am I supposed to focus on now? You know, what's my life challenge now? What's my sole purpose in this moment? And you can ask future-oriented questions as well, such as, you know, where should I go with this or what's coming up with this relationship or, you know, should I consider this move in a couple of years? Should I retire? All those future-related questions you can go to the Acacia Records with as well. Right. And, and that's, that's pretty damn amazing. I, have you worked with the, the Acacia Records? Well, I have. I've taken some classes on it. I've read several books on it. And 
I don't know. It's left me with a lot of questions because sometimes I'll do a reading and the, the person will say, I think you just read my Akashic records. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, no, because I was taught you cannot read someone else's Akashic records. I was taught both things. One teacher said, you just can never look at someone else's Akashic records. That's an ethical no-no. And I had another teacher who said, no, you can if you have their permission. Mm-hmm. And yet so many times in readings, do you ever feel like you're reading someone's Akashic records without even being aware of it? Yes. Yes, and very so much so. How do you feel about all of that in terms of the ethics? I, I do think it's in, in any of this work, I'm a huge, huge believer in you need someone's permission. Don't go peeking in someone's psychic window or reading their, their records without their permission. That's my own personal aside. I know that I don't want people invading my personal ethereal cosmic space. So I don't want to do it to someone else either. And the whole thing of, oh, I asked just her, his, her, their higher self. Did you really, or, and, and that's a, another whole thing of, you know, if someone is non-communicative, if they're unable to speak, if they're, they've had uh, Alzheimer's dementia, a cognitive issue. So that's, that's not what we're talking about. We're talking about you're doing a reading for someone who is uh, able to, I, I think leading someone there to find it or going in together would be a really, the, my own personal side, the best way to do it. Yeah, I agree. I agree. Because I don't want anyone looking at my records either. So I totally um, agree with you. All right. Let's tell people how do they do this? Because the way you and I are talking, I feel like people are are thinking, oh, well, where are the Akashic records? Are there are they booking flights? You know, like it's a, like it's a place <laughs> that we can go and, and unlock this book. Um, what are your best tips for a- accessing the Akashic records? Well, I think that as always, it's a, it's about meditation, but setting an intent it, you, as with most of this work, when you sent it and that's for past life regressions, that's for uh, journey work, that's for, you know, going into other dimensions and realms. You're always about, it's about setting the intention of what you're looking for. So if you are thinking, why do I have this chronic, uh, you know, my whole life I've had issues with. Uh, my throat with coughing with with swallowing with whatever there's nothing physical in this lifetime that you can think of I think there was a past life thing you can go into the records and kind of put yourself into uh, uh, you can talk yourself into it you can uh, a very peaceful non-urgent attitude of just opening up you can uh, open up your seventh and your fourth chakra so your heart and your crown chakra and make that communication with spirit and go in with that intention of, please show me. You can go to the sacred temple and see, this is getting a little more, uh, there's a lot of information. I feel like this is more of the how-tos or either going to someone that knows how to do this or doing the research to be able to do it. And it's not really like a podcast quickie. No, it's but, definitely not. Uh, because it, oh, go ahead. It's definitely not a quickie, but I do think that anyone can access their own records through meditation intent. I do think when you do it, you have to have one question in mind. You can't, you know, some people will come to us for readings and, you know, we'll say, oh, what's a question or a topic you'd like us to focus on? And they give us 10, (laughs) you know, Mm -hmm. and then that gets very, very confusing. So you want to have one 
specific question that's near and dear to your heart that you bring into meditation. And some people like to visualize going into a hall of records or an ornate heavenly library, like I described before. Some people like to see themselves in their personal meditation space, whether that's sitting by the beach or a lake or a crystal cave, and they visualize their higher self or their guide bringing them their book. So there are so many different ways to do it. I just want to emphasize that anyone can do it. I've seen yes. so many teachers who were like, I have the special prayer that you need to say to access the records and just, you know, pay me X amount of dollars to take this class and I'll give you the special prayer. And, and I'm not saying they're right or wrong, you know, because maybe there is a special prayer and I don't even know about it. I just feel personally that everyone can, this isn't like a special gift. Some people have it's your records. And if you want to access them with a lot of time and trial and effort and meditation, you can and will. I love that. I absolutely love that. And, and I agree more than a hundred percent because it's, and whenever we teach anything, that's what we do. We teach people how to use the skills. I, whenever when they was, Oh, you have a gift. You have this. No, we can all do this. So I love, love, love that you brought that up, but it is that that pure and focused specific intention. So it might be, I want personal information about how these past life have influenced this issue in my life. Or so dropping into that heart space and really connecting with spirit. And you're right. Can you go to the hollow records? You can do this with the, the crystal cave with what feels right for you. But the point is, I, I can't emphasize enough that you Someone can work as a guide to help you get there, but you can also do this on your own. Or maybe you you go into the records and then you go to someone who does this work and said, this is what I had. Can we go back in there and explore it a little bit? Right. And you might do a meditation with the specific intent of accessing your records and with a very personal question close to your heart. And you do the meditation and nothing happens. You don't see anything. You don't feel anything. You don't get any psychic downloads. And you're like, well, that didn't work. But you might be going throughout your day, minding your own business, and a thought plops into your head. And it's like one of those aha moments. Or the next day, you might be journaling. And suddenly, you write something that is so profound and illuminating. You're like, oh my gosh, that, that sheds light on everything I've been worried about. Or you might have a dream that weekend that makes you feel that you've been in the Hall of Records. So just know that when you do the meditation one, two, three, five times, nothing may happen. But that intent, that focus, that energy, that pure request to your higher self to really have this information, it's going to be heard. And it's going to come to you in a unique way that suits your needs, your expectations. The biggest obstacle to reading your own records is doubt, disbelief, you know, is this really true? That's Can right. I really do this? Or, or having judgment that I'm not going to do it the right way, or I have to go to someone else to have them do this fear overanalyzing things that will all block your, your connection as well. And not just in going to the records, but most of this work. Yeah. I agree. Any right. anything I call I call doubt the intuitive's kryptonite. <laughs> <laughs> so, uh, if for 
because I feel like I kind of backed out of the, the doorway with, with helping folks figure out how to get there on their own. I mean, you can visualize yourself going into all the places that, that Samantha mentioned, getting that calm, receptive space, uh, you know, open your heart, your heart chakra, your crown chakra, because you're, be, you're becoming a channel when you do that. And you ask your specific question or state your intention. And then you can visualize a screen. You can like literally look, look up at your mind's eye and see a screen. Does a movie play out? You can, uh, you may be offered a book and the book is going to open to a page and you see one word that is really relevant. You may uh, get just, just be relaxed and open and being receptive without judgment is going to make such a difference in this work and any other work you choose to do. Yeah, I agree. And, you know, you can, you can ask really short, specific questions too. Like if you're sitting in your meditative space and you're staring at that movie screen that Denise mentioned, you could ask who's, who's a helper in my life right now Mm -hmm. and just see who appears on that screen. And you might be surprised. It might be that challenging boss that drives you crazy and is making you think of quitting your job. She or he might actually be your helper right now because they are forcing you to make a change, to make a new step and a new direction. Or you could look at your your movie screen and ask, what aspect of my life am I avoiding right now? And -hmm. just see what pops up. You might see a shadow and, oh, I got to look at my shadow side. You might see a symbol of of your career. Oh, I got to work on that. You might see your pet and it's like, oh, I haven't given a lot of attention to my, my little four-legged friends lately. And so sometimes just asking very short, quick questions is a good way to start accessing the records. From personal experience and from, you know, a lot of other folks is you start to just access it spontaneously. And so I think for a lot of people that are natural intuitives or they're working, doing this type of work, or they're doing readings or they're I think that we're we're stepping in and out of that door in a very natural way because we it it's all coming from somewhere. All of the hits and the premonitions and the choices, all those things that we get. So I think the more you get used to going back and forth into this this dimension, it, to me it's very similar to doing uh, any type of journey work where you go into that meditative state and you can go to the upper world, the lower world, the middle world. But it's that same kind of truth that I get from the information that I get from the Akashic Records. It's something that I believe it feels really true and right in my soul. I don't double guess it. And that's important because all of this is happening in your mind's eye. That's all meditation is, right? Well, meditation is a lot more than that. But when we're talking about this creative visualization where you're visualizing yourself going into a meditative space, whether that is a hall of records or just sitting by the lake you grew up on, whatever your meditative space is, you're creating that image in your mind's eye. And I know when I first started out on this journey, I was like, well, I just remember getting all these books, Denise, you know, like how to access your Akashic records or how to meet your spirit guide. And I was like, oh, this is so exciting. They're going to tell me how exactly how to do it. And every book, it was the same thing. Close your eyes, meditate and visualize. And I was like, wait, Mm -hmm. this is imagination. What, 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 what did I just get, you know, suckered into? And I was so disappointed until I pushed through it and realized imagination 
is just the worst definition or word for what's actually happening. Because when you do close your eyes and go into meditation, I believe that our soul is traveling to a non-local dimension and that what we're seeing and feeling and hearing very often is an aspect of either you know, the shamanic journey you were talking about or the Akashic records or visiting loved ones on the other side. I think we can visit all of these places with our soul in our mind's eye, but to the beginner or the doubter, it feels like imagination. Mm-hmm. And that's an excellent point is it's soul work. This is soul work. This is, we're in a shell. We we're able to, you know, have this, this carbon experience of physicality, but our real self is that soul self that has so much more available than we do in our, in just our, our everyday ordinary reality. So some, some of the things, you know, if you want more awareness or about patterns in your life that keep repeating, or if you find yourself um, imbalanced or overcompensating, or you want to release emotions and attachment to certain people or events, these are all really, really good reasons to explore the, the Akashic records. You can also release any encoded intentions or conclusions and rewrite those. So go in, you have your experience and then like, stop a minute and say, well, how would I do this differently? How can I fix that? And that goes back to what we said earlier in the program about you're, you're going to cause a a ripple effect that, that sends that healing in all directions of time and space, and then live those lessons in your present life. So Truly, you go into the records, you get this message, you see, oh, this person is a messenger in my life for this behavior or this pattern I keep repeating. Take that back with you into this everyday ordinary reality and do the work to shift it, to change the pattern, because you're being gifted with this information and you're being gifted with maybe the core seed of why it's happening. But when you bring it back, you still have to do the work to shift it. Okay, what if you go to the Akashic Records and you see something in the future that you don't want to happen? And you're like, right. uh-oh, then what do you do? Well, I think that comes back to choice and free will. I really do. Because if it's, you would be making, just having that awareness of, so if you knew um, oh, that there was going to be um, something that you could prepare for, or choices you might make with a certain individual in your life. So you fast forward into the future and you see a relationship falling apart, or you see a, I'm going to use that example. You see, oh, I'm I'm in love with this person and we're great. And then you fast forward and you see some trauma or some disillusion of your, of your uh, relationship. Maybe that's a sign for you to take a step back and say, am I looking at everything real and true in my life now? Are they showing me that as one potential outcome based on things that I need to be more aware of now? Right. I think that's a really, really good point. It can prepare you. I think it can it can prepare you for things coming up, but I really do want to emphasize if you see something coming up that you don't like, it can also not prepare you to just kind of accept it or get ready, you know, buckle down, (laughs) but it can also make you cause some very impactful shifts in your life right now, where you are to alter that course, to prevent that from happening. And and this is where I think it's so crucial to recognize that we are co-creators. 
You know, we are created by a benevolent source and we might not know exactly what that creator is, but we do know it's kind and loving because we can feel that spark of, of divine love within us. And I don't think that that divine loving source is like, watch out B because in five years, it's going to get even bumpier. You know, it's not like that. We can, we can prepare for those bumpy parts of our lives, but with the Akashic records, if it's possible, we can also avoid those bumpy parts of our lives. That's always been the rub with me personally, Denise. Like I, I, I go back and forth. Like we're not, I don't think we're here to be like happy and on vacation. You know, I feel like mm-hmm. earth is, is a school and we're here to learn and, and grow through blessings and through challenges. And I always wonder, like, if you do see a challenge coming up, should you just prepare for it? Cause that's part of your soul growth or is part of your soul growth, learning to recognize upcoming challenges and avoid them. Right. Do you get so, stuck on that? I get stuck on that. I, I do because especially, especially we can't emphasize this enough is the blunt version. If you, if you're in the middle of a shit storm right now and you're, or maybe I should be a little kind, if your life feels like you're at stand in the middle of the wizard of Oz tornado and everything that could possibly be going on, a lot of what we're saying, it, it sounds, it looks good on paper, but come on, do you see what my life is doing? So how do you step out of that tornado and say, okay, this is all happening, or this is what I see coming up, or this is a potential outcome. What do I need to do to take care of myself in order to get through it? Because we're incredibly strong and resilient. We're we're definitely resilient animals, uh, if you think about it, and and learning from it. And I, I agree with you. We, we come to earth to learn life lessons, to do soul work, to grow and evolve, to put things to rest. And the Akashic records are another tool we have to explore how to, to do this with more grace and to make the most of being here. So Linda Howe uh, sums it up beautifully. And she said, the Akashic records offer remarkable support for personal and powerful awareness They form a safe space within which we can learn the truth of who we are, discover why life is unfolding as it is, let go of what does not work, and explore more supportive options. They're a soul-level dimension of consciousness. You know, that's a great way to explain it. We had her on my other podcast, Psychic Teachers. She came on years ago and her book first came out and it was back when we had like a call-in show on blog talk radio. And Mm -hmm. so the the recording quality, sound quality is atrocious. And so then I've tried to get Linda back on the show and uh, she is so busy. So we're going to keep trying because her book, How to Read the Akashic Records, Accessing the Archive of the Soul and Its Journey, uh, Linda Howe, is really, really a great primer if you're listening to this and going, hmm, I'd like to know more. And there's another good one by um, Sandra Ann Taylor called The Akashic Records Made Easy, Unlock the Infinite Power, Wisdom, and Energy of the uh, Universe. So that's those are two I think that I'd recommend. Do you have any others that I'm forgetting? Those are great. And if, you, if Edgar Cayce's work resonates with you, that's another whole aspect to oh, go yeah. in. But there are true practitioners of this work that are genuine and real and can guide you in there. 
But as with anything that you're going to do with someone else, please, please make sure it's something that feels right and true to you. Because that's that's so important. Yeah, it really is. And I, I think it's, you know, it's fine to have someone read the records for you with your permission. But I think at the end of the day, especially people who are called to listen to this podcast, we're all aware, awakened and and opened as much as we can be at this stage of our lives. And we can do these things. We don't have to always go to a, a quote unquote expert. That's yeah. I think why you and I do the show is to remind people that, you know, you are the gift. You have this ability. You can do this. Right. And the more you start to, and this is a great example of you can do this on your own. You can do this in meditation, uh, going into the records, doing things that are helping you connect more with through inner reflection on what your truth is. It's going to shine a light on these other aspects of your life that you may have question or doubt about. I do want to mention before we wrap up something that happens to me with the Tarot also happens to me with the Akashic records. Okay, first of all, I have a friend who says tarot. Are you still reading those tarot cards? <laughs> and it kind of gets on my nerves. And I'm sure people out there are listening going, well, I don't call it Akashic, I call it Akashic. So again, mm-hmm. just want to say, I don't know if there's a correct Akashic, Akashic. But anyway, if I go to the tarot with a question, but my heart has been humming and thrumming and worried about another question, the tarot will give me the answer to my heart question. Does does that make sense? Like, for example, towards the end of my dad's life, when I was just really worried about like his health and like, it was so hard to like, are you happy that? Cause he couldn't talk, you know? And so that was weighing on my heart every day. And I went to the tarot with like a very mundane question about a work project and everything that came up was health stuff for my dad in the cards. Mm-hmm. Does that ever happen to you? Yes. Yes. Okay. And it happens when I'm reading for people that they'll come in with one thing, but I'll get information about something totally different. And I feel like that spirit saying, yes, that's important, but this is what this person needs right now. Yes. And I have found that when I go to the Akashic records, the same thing will happen. You know, I yes. might go with like a very mundane work question, but what will come up either in that meditation or for me, usually it comes up later in my dreams is information about that issue weighing on my heart that sometimes I'm just not ready to face, or I just don't want to look at it right now because it's sad or scary or daunting. And I don't know, my guides are always like, too bad you're looking at it, you know? <laughs> well, and it's, Yes. <laughs> That's a good way to describe it. Yeah. So I just wanted to say that if you do choose to try to access your own Akashic records and you have like a, you know, fairly trivial question, should I major in English or business marketing? (laughs) You might not get the answer to that, which you might get instead is, you know, do not follow your parents' expectations. You're here to do what you want to do and walk your own authentic path. That's a little bit off the beaten path. And that's okay. Therefore, what you major in doesn't matter. You know what I mean? Isn't it wonderful, though, when you do go into, and I do tend to say Akashic rather than Akashic, but when you go into the records and you get something that's like the missing puzzle piece, and it's like, oh my God, that's it. 
that's that's the little piece I've been looking for. And it it almost is uh, when you see all the intricate dominoes set up and you get that little piece, it's like clipping that first domino and you start, it all starts to fall into place. Yeah. Well, sometimes you'll get them again, not in meditation, but in real life. I remember I was just kind of thinking and meditating on this, this pattern I noticed in my life that no matter where I moved as a kid or in college, I was always the third friend. It was really weird. Like in high school, my two best friends had been best friends since um, elementary school. And oh my gosh, in elementary school, my two friends, Paige and Suzanne, they, their mothers met in the hospital. When I got to college, my two roommates had known each other their whole lives, and I was the third roommate. Then I get my my first real job teaching at the community college, and you know I had to start off as a part timer for a year to kind of earn my wings and get my foot in the door. And so my first office was with three other women who were best friends, or I'm sorry, two other women who were best friends. There were three of us in really what was a janitor's closet, but that's another story. And I was saying to a friend of mine what is this? Like, you know, why do I always have these, this situation where there's, there's two friends and I had meditated on it. I had, I hadn't read Linda Howe's book because this was years before, but I had read Edgar Casey's work and I love Edgar Casey's work, but it's a lot like the course of miracles where I have to yes. read a couple of pages and digest it. And yeah. So I had tried doing what he said to access the, I wasn't sure if I had done it anyway. So I'm having lunch with this friend and she said, and she wasn't like a super spiritual, enlightened individual necessarily, wasn't into the stuff I was getting into. But she said, oh, well, don't you have two sisters who are super close in age? And aren't you like way, like, didn't you come as like an afterthought in the family? <laughs> and I said, yeah, yeah, my sisters are way older than me. And she said, well, that's why you keep meeting friends who are super close. And then, you know, you you are, you are the, I don't want to call myself the third wheel because we were all in all those situations, right. we were all good friends, but it just felt weird that always my two best friends had this common history. And she said, you're just trying to work out that pattern with your sisters. And once you work that out with your sisters, that won't happen again. And son of a bitch, Denise, that was like a light bulb. <laughs> and you might think anyone else would be like, oh, that's kind of obvious, but it really was not obvious to me at all. And so I, I worked on, you know, that issue of my sisters being so close in age and so close in their relationship. And I didn't work on it with them. I worked on it with myself in my own heart, made peace with it in my own heart. And do you know, I have never, none of my friends now have that weird common history. Not, so you, not you, that the common history changed. is weird, yes. but that, that weird pattern. Yes. And you chose you choice and free will. You became aware of it. You set an intention. It's everything we're talking about. I yeah. love it. But love it, it came from it. a friend in conversation, you know, who wasn't in, on this spiritual. So I feel like that's how, what happens sometimes your guides will speak to you through friends. I'm not calling her a channeler. I just mean, you know, they'll just, they'll, yes. They'll help conversations along so that you can get the answers you were seeking in your Akashic records. If like at that time in my life, that was so many years ago, I wasn't, you know, 
I tried medit. I was into yoga and I would definitely try meditation. I was just dipping my toe into all of this, but that was at the time when I still thought, oh, this is all in my head. I'm imagining this. And so nothing happened in those meditations with the Akashic records, but I feel that I still got the answer in that casual lunch conversation with my friend. Yes. Yes. Well, I want to wrap up with one more quote. I'm not usually the quote giver, but I, I do have some good ones for this. <laughs> so uh, this is from Ernesto Ortiz, and it's the Akashic records of the story of your soul's evolution from the time of its inception. They're the past and present. They gain the possibility of the unfolding of future events. The Akashic records is the term used to describe a compendium of knowledge encoded in a non-physical plane of existence. The Akashic records are described as containing all knowledge of the human experience. So whether it comes through a friend who brings it a conversation, you go on your own journey into the records to the, the hall of records or the, the temple that you meditate in, or it just comes from your own inner knowing and heart. I think this is so, so, so well worth exploring and seeing what you get. It's fun. It is fun. It's illuminating. It's enlightening. It's thought provoking. And when you think about it, what's, what's more important than, than to really know who we are and why we're here and what we're supposed to do with this sacred time we have on this beautiful planet. What's more important than that? Other than being kind to others. Yeah. Kind is number one. I agree. Yeah. (laughs) Well, thank you guys so much for listening and tuning in. We hope you've enjoyed this brief introduction into the Akashic Records. Please remember, if you have a question or story you'd like to share, you can always email us, enlightenedempaths at gmail.com. We are still collecting stories on dream visitations or wonderful experiences you've had precognitively with dreams. So you can always email us those stories there. Uh, Thank you guys so much for the beautiful, positive feedback I got on announcing my upcoming book, The Awake Dreamer, coming out September 1st with Hampton Roads. I'm so excited to announce that it is available for pre-order and just wanted to thank you guys for the beautiful shout outs you left me on social media. It it really made my whole week. I just really appreciate you guys so very much. Please remember, as always, to show up, do great work and share your light. Take care.